Welcome back to Bringing Down the House, a podcast of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity. I'm Allie Parrish, Executive Director of Iowa Heartland Habitat. And today, on Episode 2 of Season 3, Building Hope, Ja'Kalen and I will be bringing you a story of hope shared by one of our new Walnut Neighborhood residents, Karen. Stay tuned and be inspired by her incredible journey from Arizona to Waterloo, Iowa. Thank you for tuning in and please consider getting involved with our local mission by volunteering your time or making a financial or materials donation. More information can be found on our website at webuildhabitat.org or by following Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bringing Down the House. Uh, I am Ja'Kalen Madison, alongside the Executive Director of the Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity, Miss Allie Parrish. Hello, everyone. Cough, 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 cough. I know, it's just been a day of that. I mean, we could not get started because we were coughing, and it's not COVID-related. No. No. But it just, you know, maybe there's dust in the air. Yeah. I don't know. Mine is a real issue that I have uh, that came strictly from the amount of laughter that I've had in the last two days. <laughs> <laughs> we we were on a director's retreat and uh, there was a lot of laughing. Yeah. A lot of laughing. Well, so I've gone hoarse. <laughs> I mean, hey, it horse. happens. It yeah. happens. <laughs> laughter, laughter is good for the soul. It is. I I enjoy laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, a fairly, um, what's what's the word I'm looking for here? Unique laugh. I love your laugh. You know that makes one of you. I uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> it is unique. Yeah, you know, it's funny though. Here's the thing. I I, I do love though when I go to a show. Uh, and I'll see some friends and, you know, I'm going to a theater show or whatever. And people literally go, we knew you were in the audience because we could hear you laugh. Oh, I could I could believe that. I mean, that's just funny. Like, I'll get a text message at intermission and it goes, how's the show going? And it's like, oh, I didn't know you were here. It's like, we could hear you laugh from backstage. So, of course, we knew you were here. I love that. I mean, but laughter is good for the soul. It is. Well, that's one of the things that I knew that we were going to be good friends because very early on when we, we you know spend any time together we were just laughing so which is a good thing <laughs> i mean a good thing. either you laugh with me or you want to kill me either, you know there's no and nora <laughs> is on the other side nora wants to kill me yeah so. yeah that's because of how much editing she has to do you know listen <laughs> i provide great content and she is cheating the world i mean the world out of the great stuff that i provide so you know what i she has no one to blame by herself <laughs> we're gonna have to start like pushing record before we actually push record because <laughs> it's like the pre you know outtakes or whatever that could be that could be an episode all of itself i mean it, it, it's it bringing down the house after dark yeah and or before we start or <laughs> what is that would that be before sunrise is that, <laughs> is, is that how that works before sun- we're a whole different person <laughs> A whole, we're a whole different group of people. I think so. I mean, it's kind of, 
I think it could be a thing. Oh, gosh. And there goes our professional careers. Oh, yeah. It's fine, though. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's great, ladies and gentlemen. We're just figuring it all out as we go along. And we thank you for being with us yes. as we try and figure all this out. And you've been with us for so long. Three yeah, seasons. I know. Three so seasons. Excited. And we're yeah. still here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's great. No, no, no cancellations coming anytime soon. Nope. So with that being said, how about we jump into our mission moment, shall we? Great. I remember when I first met Sarah on one of the jobs for Habitat in her house we were working on and she was there working and working so hard and just so excited about getting a new home. And that just, you know, it, it makes everything we do more focused, more understanding of what we're doing and how much of an impact we can make on one person and one family. Because uh, I've, you know, I've always had a home, I've always had a place to be, I've worked on my houses, but to be able to connect with someone who doesn't have that and to see when they get it. That's the best. That was uh, Lloyd Dove, who's a part of our NAS Builder team. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, I love that. Mm-hmm. It, it, and that's what I love about us, and I think just nonprofits in general, mm-hmm. is it puts things into perspective. Yes. You know, something. it makes you realize, yeah. like, you know, I've always had a home. Yeah. And now there's someone that doesn't have a home, and just how important that is mm-hmm. for people. Absolutely. Yep. And, I, and we see that. You know, like I've said before, but just a lot uh, out there, how quickly and easily you can be reminded of the things that you take for granted um, Mm -hmm. when you see someone working so hard and just so excited. We had a dedication recently to where the home buyer, she's so sweet, very stoic, I would say, just Mm. like, you know, you kind of become like that because you you just have to keep it all together, you know, and and then during her uh, introduction of herself and her family and her comments that she wanted to say to the group, uh, she just she just was so emotional, just how much it meant and all of her hard work and it was her dream come true so it does touch people's lives yeah i think that's truthfully why eh, don't get me wrong the monetary contributions people make you know mm-hmm. those are very important you mm-hmm. know as a nonprofit, obviously mm-hmm. that's how we sustain and how we are able to do what we do but right. i really truthfully think that everyone everyone needs to just be involved yes. one time yeah one time, yeah. just go out and and help build something, or you know whatever and whatever that organization is for you, just go be a part of that. Yes, and I, I mean I swear it's gonna, it's going to change your whole perspective. I agree, I agree, and he that's Lloyd. He devotes his time. He 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 gives financially. He but but what he has done with his time, being the artisan that he is, mm. the the uh, craftsman that he is through the construction side of things, it's, it's remarkable what he has done in sharing his gift of talent uh, with Habitat and these families. Oh, thank you, Lloyd, and thank you to all of our our builders and everyone. And you know, when we talk about perspective, I think that kind of goes well into our story today of when we talk about hope and yeah. and perspective. Yeah.
We get to meet a uh, wonderful woman today by the name of Karen. Yep. And uh, how maybe the perspective that someone else may have on a Habitat home Mm -hmm. was not the perspective that she had. Yeah. You know, she saw this as, as something different. And, and, and I think it's going to be a really cool story that we get to share with everyone. So let's take a listen to what Karen has to say. Let's do it. Recently, I moved to Iowa from Arizona, and people have often asked me why I chose Waterloo, Iowa, as my new home. And I simply reply, the house. Upon entering the tiny foyer of my tiny house above an archway, one can read the words that I painted there. The story begins here, is what it reads. And it truly does begin here in the house. Before telling this story, I want to share some background information. As many of us, I lost my job due to the pandemic. Previously, my career had been as a landscape architect and college instructor for architecture and interior design. The full-time job that I lost was after that, and it was a retirement job, but one that could afford me to buy a house. Without that job, I could no longer qualify for a mortgage, and during the pandemic, I was unable to find another full-time position, even though I searched relentlessly. I struggled to pay my rent throughout the next year. The stress of basic survival began to weigh on me, leaving me feeling nearly hopeless. Earlier hardships, both physical and financial, had thankfully taught me to look at the situation as an opportunity for change and growth. Yet, it was with sadness that I made the decision to move away from the town that I had called home the past 10 plus years. I didn't know what I would be doing, but I felt there must be a reason, even though nothing seemed to make sense and nothing surfaced to give me any direction. With a Bachelor of Science degree in housing, a master's degree in architecture, and with a professional background in our built environment, it seemed ironic that I could become homeless, which could actually be the case if I ran out of money without a job. I knew that, and I thought I can't let that happen, so I decided I had to find a way to purchase a home with what little savings I had left, and I would live simply on my Social Security income only. Hanging on to the idea of owning my own home sparked a hint of hope, but it didn't take long to recognize that meant leaving Arizona. Grateful for what I had, in June of 2021, I embarked upon a scouting trip to find my next home. I drove back roads through Arizona, New Mexico, Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa, stopping in little towns to look at houses I found on Realtor.com along the way. It was a somewhat fun adventure as I explored small-town America looking for affordable housing. I found myself near Lebanon, Kansas, known as the geographic center of the United States. I was until then somewhat hopeful to find a house in the Southwest, but by the time I got there, I realized I would need to readjust my expectations. I was feeling weary and nearly defeated not having found the perfect place to call home. Well, because it seemed the right thing to do in that location, and I had serendipitously found myself in the center of the United States, I did take time there 
to ponder that and to center myself. Before continuing on, I resolved to trust in the process. Then I imagined myself living a very simple life in a small Midwest town. Working my way through parts of southern Nebraska and Iowa, I saw several potential houses, and I arrived at my sister's home in Iowa City with a renewed hope that I would find just what I needed in southeast Iowa, probably where I grew up. Well, from Iowa City, I spent the next month venturing out to many affordable houses in southeast Iowa. However, many were in disrepair at my budget point, and the better homes were selling like hotcakes, and I realized I needed to be more easily available in order to purchase. So I drove back to Arizona, gave up my lease and half my belongings, and moved the rest into storage. By mid-August, I headed back to Iowa this time traveling north through Santa Fe, Ojo Caliente, New Mexico, and up into northern Colorado, still looking for a home. I looked in southern Colorado as well. My daughter and granddaughter lived in northern Colorado, so I thought perhaps by the time I got there, I would find a house. Maybe that was where I belonged, and I could resettle there. But, as in Arizona, prices were skyrocketing through the roof and nothing was available for me. By the time I arrived back in Iowa City, I had driven 5,000 miles, but I was determined to push past my exhaustion and continue my search until I found a house. By the time I completed those 5,000 miles, my idyllic vision of living in a small girl town had changed. I couldn't see myself living in a tiny town with only the grain elevators as a landmark. Being a single elderly woman, I didn't think that was a good idea. But it seemed like maybe that was the only thing I could afford. I was losing focus and I was losing hope. However, my sister and brother-in-law were very supportive, as was a cousin in Ottumwa. They encouraged me to look at larger towns that could provide more connection and services. My sister and her friends accompanied me on searches. My cousin conducted many drive-bys to explore neighborhoods. I also looked at a small farming community full of family heritage where distant cousins lived. Having grown up in Fort Madison, southeast Iowa was familiar to me and where I concentrated my search but to no avail. Every night I would search realtor.com and hanging on to a thread of hope, I finally expanded my search to encompass a wider area, even into Illinois and Northern Iowa. One night, a cute but very tiny house showed up listed in Waterloo, Iowa. I resisted considering it as the area was totally unfamiliar to me in an even colder climate and the house was just far too small. But having found nothing else, I decided perhaps it was an indication that Waterloo might have some other houses more suitable to my needs and I should just drive up there and get a feel for the town to see if it appealed to me at all. I had never been to Waterloo, and I hadn't seen any other houses at that time, but I thought parts of Waterloo were showing signs of vitality, and I felt a bit more hopeful as I drove through the streets. 
And I thought maybe I should just drive by that tiny house address for fun. Not call the realtor, of course. But, you know, just to get a feel for the neighborhood where that price point was. And so I did that. Except I didn't just drive by. I stopped. The house seemed to beckon me and drew me in to brazenly peer through the front windows. A fellow from the house under construction next door saw me and asked if I'd like to see inside. I said, sure. The man explained he had been the project manager on the house renovation, and as he showed the house, he shared pride in the work that the Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity had done. The house simply exuded love. The woodwork was beautiful and featured details typically found in more expensive houses. Decades ago, I had volunteered with Habitat for Humanity in Colorado, and I understood that this house was being sold for seed money to support other Habitat homes. The work that had been done was very impressive. The project manager was so exuberant about their craftsmanship that I found myself asking if I could volunteer to help with their crew. I recognized right then this house could be more than a home for me. Living here could give my life meaning and productive purpose. It was exactly what I needed, even though I hadn't realized it was what I had been looking for. I called the realtor and she came right away to show me more features and enthusiastically spoke of the neighborhood and people in the community. I still resisted buying the house due to its small size and my unfamiliarity with Waterloo and its climate. However, there was something very compelling about Waterloo and the prospects of a new life. So I asked the realtor to show me other houses in the area. She was very patient, driving me through the town so I could see some of its benefits, such as the Center for the Arts and the Planetarium recently renovated as a state-of-the-art facility, not to mention plenty of shopping. She highlighted all the advantages of the other houses, but eventually I came back to the tiny house and asked to go inside again. We measured and measured, coming up with innovative ways I could fit my furniture into small spaces. I was still a bit unsure, so before leaving, I visited the local hardware store to get a better feel for the neighborhood. And I observed how inviting and friendly everyone there was. Customers were treated as friends. Even though I would need to make some concessions, the house continued to call to me. And so that is why I decided to purchase and why the real story begins here with the house. When I first entered it as the new homeowner, I said to it, I will care for you as I hope you will care for me. I hoped it would be true, but I had no idea, no idea what wonders awaited me. That day, the first day after closing on my house, my sister and brother-in-law came to help me move in my luggage and set up an inflatable bed and borrowed kitchen items so I could begin my new life until my things could arrive. We were all surprised when a neighbor representing the Walnut Neighborhood Association came by for a visit to welcome me. Each day, someone from the neighborhood came by to introduce themselves, 
offer help, or invite me to a neighborhood event. I met my next door neighbor who had another tiny house and we decided to decorate our matching tiny houses like gingerbread houses for the holidays. What fun that would be! And his son still surprises me when it snows by shoveling my walks. It also surprised me that the realtor came and mowed my lawn and raked leaves before the snow fell for the first time. That was a very beginning. Still with no furniture, I took it upon myself to start painting the walls to make that tiny house into my home. It was already beautiful and it didn't need paint, but I was thrilled because I wasn't renting anymore and I was eager to make it feel like mine. Doing that made me feel good and it gave me renewed hope in what could be. I found delight in shopping for things I would need that could fit in tiny spaces little gifts for my new tiny house. Within the first month waiting for my furniture to arrive, I had already met almost a dozen people living nearby. I had been invited to several churches, eaten at a neighborhood holiday meal, gone caroling with a neighborhood group, attended a meeting to revitalize an historic church building. All at the invitation of neighbors in the area. It was at that meeting to revitalize the historic church building that I was invited to attend further planning meetings. And I also met my new neighbor who has become a good friend. And I also met a professor from UNI, University of Northern Iowa. She invited me to visit with her there to explore opportunities how I might support the students. And then she even discussed possibilities of my teaching again. Who would have thought that? At a subsequent planning meeting, I met a woman that shared my hobby of creating handcrafted greeting cards. It just seemed like everywhere I went, there were meaningful connections, all because I moved into the tiny house. It was amazing. This was all within the first month and my furniture had not yet arrived. Each connection introduced me to more wonderful ways people are supporting each other here. What is going on in Waterloo is what I describe as nothing short of a love revolution. I joked with others that uh, once the furniture arrived, I might have to move out because there would be no space for me. Living there without furniture was even starting to feel a little bit confining. However, the furniture did come December 17th, exactly one month after closing. And two women from the local First Congregational Church were there to help, along with a friend from Iowa City. Overwhelmed with joy from all the support I had been given, and to show that I would not move out with furniture in, I held an open house a few days later on December 21st. It was such short notice, but I knew life would get consumed by holiday festivities already upon us, and I wanted to celebrate the good people that made me feel at home. I was just blown away when so many people came and even brought presents. I wanted to celebrate them. I wanted to thank them but they made me feel celebrated and welcome even more. I hoped to find a house, and I found so much more. I found a home 
giving me joy in feeling a purpose in life with a built-in community. Hope has been restored. I do believe that home ownership can provide a security that allows us to be the best we can be. The story begins here, where Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity lovingly built hope for me in a home. I was told they prayed for someone to buy the house that would want to be part of the neighborhood. I am delighted to be that person and beyond grateful for all the gifts I have received from not only being welcomed, but being cared for and included. After only two months, so much has evolved that I feel this is a spiritually driven miracle. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next in this story as I join others here in Building Hope. That was a great story. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, even better, she's an amazing person. I want to meet her so bad. She's now. the coolest. Oh, my gosh. I, I just like, she's right. I mean, I, I, I told her that we prayed and prayed for someone to buy that house that cared, that wanted to be a part of what was going on. I had no idea. So I tell her she's my angel, that oh. she's our angel. And I had no idea, though, that the answer to prayer would be in the form of someone who would have such a meaningful journey to share that took them, you know, so far along. I mean, all the winding roads and the 5,000 miles and all the things I had no idea. I just, I guess I didn't, I didn't think I'm going to try to say something more eloquently than what I am right now, but (laughs) I I think that growing up in Waterloo and you grew up in Waterloo, Mm Jacqueline, like you're so used to, and, and this is one of the saddest things that I feel about my hometown is just that we've we've dealt with so much negative perception of Waterloo mm-hmm. over the years. And, and I always find myself saying, well, that's not true. It's not. Yeah. I've lived here my whole life. I don't feel that way about it. You know, like I love my hometown. There's so many amazing things here and, and the people and the neighborhoods. And it's just it, it does. My feeling doesn't match what people say, you know, yeah. or what you hear or whatever. And so I think that because of that, and maybe you feel the same way, but like you, you don't, you, you don't expect that someone's going to tell a story like that. Yeah. Does that, is that fair? That's, that's yeah. exactly it, Allie. You know, and that's why I talk about like perspective Yeah. because, you know, we, you know, we've, we've lived here, we've grown up here mm-hmm. and we've been the unfortunate to, to hear all the negative mm-hmm. and you hear people say, well, you know, Wanderloo, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's negative, negative, negative. And for some weird reason, I was expecting her when she like looked yeah. up Waterloo, Iowa, like it was just going to be negative, negative, negative. Yeah. And it was refreshing mm-hmm. for her to talk about, you know, she went to the hardware store mm-hmm. and people were kind yes. and all the things that she was able to do and the relationships that she built and going caroling. And then it reminded me of the positives yeah. that you and I have both have experienced yes. and other people as well. So I was just that that was so refreshing that someone so removed mm-hmm. from a, from this city, yeah. from this from this area, from this community found the good yes she was able to find the good and, and to that same token i i i i 100 firmly believe it was only by the grace of god she was able to do that yeah and i and i think like what's cool is like not only did she find the good she she was drawn in by the good yes she was compelled by the yes. good 
she was she was made to feel like she belonged because of the good right off the bat. Like, and I love that. I mean, she literally went everywhere, almost everywhere in, in this country. 100%. Like, I mean, I swear. And a lot of places. And 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 she was compelled to stay here and be here. And uh, that's this is where she found her hope. The, the, my favorite thing that I love that she said was, the house seemed to beckon me and drew me in to brazenly peer through the front windows. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Because, I love that. Again, you know, she was very purposeful. She's like, I'll drive by. Yeah. I'm not going to call the realtor. I'm not going to let anyone know. I'm just, I'm just going to drive by. And the fact that she had such this magnetic pull mm-hmm. to just go look through the windows. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, next thing, one thing leads to, oh, do you want to take a look? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll take a look. And then here comes the realtor. And it just, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Firm believer of that. And it's layered by love. That's what she said, too. Yes. Is like there's this love re- re- revolution. Sorry, there's love revolution happening in Waterloo. But I think what she's feeling is what we often experience having the joy and benefit of being involved with Habitat for Humanity is that it is this true layering of love that is that is coming together to produce this home to help this family to be partnering in this community whatever it's 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 love in the staff that are proud it's love in the volunteers that are that are taking it so seriously and personally like what lloyd was talking about you know it's the love of our realtor lynette amazing woman who who cares you know like she felt that i think that's that's what karen felt is is that this isn't just any old tiny house and, and and just from the neighbors like the neighbors you know you think that we're isolated or that you know this is a scary place think about all the amazing people within a short distance that chose to tell her she mattered yes. you know um within moments yeah. of her arrival you know that's sometimes the, the one thing that and don't get me wrong, I've, I've always had, like, this big city mentality yeah. and you know, in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that I have loved about Waterloo in this community is how easily people just, you know, for lack of a better term, just fall in love with each other. Yes. You know, we just so easily, you know, new neighbor moves in. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I'm right across the street or I'm right next door. Whatever you need, just mm-hmm. let me know. Mm-hmm. I love that. I do too. And I don't hear about, I mean, I have friends that move all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends that live here, live there, and I never hear that. No. I never once hear that from when they move. No. And I don't either. And and I, I just think that that is, I think, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's just a uniqueness about Iowa and this community. Yeah. and. And something that Karen has luckily been able to experience, but not many people realize. Exactly. Exactly. And then you hear, too, you know, you feel like people, you know, say we're isolated or, you know, we don't um, make connections or, or yeah. collaborate or things like that. And and I think, like, just, just think of all those things she named yeah. off, you know, within moments. Yeah. And that she's already getting pulled in, and hey, well, there's an opportunity here, and hey, you can get plugged in there, and you know, I mean, the this community to, just wrapping around her. It's potentially going back to become a professor now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just, and we'll take you. We want you. Yes. You know, like instead of this this other mentality of like, nope, nothing here, nothing Exclusion. here. No, we want you. We want the ideas you have and the expertise you have in your heart and passion, and we will take it and run with it, and and it's welcome here. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's so amazing. Like, 
It's been so cool to be a part of it on my end of things. And at the same time, I didn't know this full story. Like I asked her to participate in this podcast just because she loves that house. And I thought, well, she's probably got a really cool story to tell. Yeah. I didn't know it was like that. You know, like I didn't know how, how long her journey was, how, how just much despair she had felt, um, being lost and, and how much that, that little house restored her hope. Well, and that also goes back to, you know, never judge a book by its cover. Yeah. You know, there are people that can present themselves and, and look like they have everything put together. But like you said, you didn't know she was going through this much heartache and she had all of this going on. Exactly. I mean, that just. People carry a lot. And, and it, and it talks about the resilience of people. Yeah. The, The resiliency uh, and I mean, and she talked about how she was giving up hope, and she just didn't know if mm-hmm. if this was if this was the right thing. And and when it, when push comes to shove, mm-hmm. you know, we we are able to to muster up enough strength and enough courage and say, you know what? All right, I'm gonna go back out there. You mm-hmm. know, what? I'm gonna try and do this again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna put myself out there one more time. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh man, I know. And Those... I think that's what's so key with this season is that yes, you'll hear stories of people you know, like we did last time, you know, from other parts of the world, you're going to hear stories about friends and neighbors and people that are just everyday people that also we rub arms with or in the grocery store line or, you know, whatever that could, that's me or you, it could be any one of us. And we're all carrying something Yeah. and how much this community, the, the beauty of working with Iowa Heartland Habitat, you know, really can change people's lives for the better it 100 percent can mm-hmm. i love it i i am i'm really loving this season yeah and i'm so excited for more stories that we get to tell yay uh but i, I again i want to thank karen uh yes. for sharing thank her you, story karen. i mean beautiful being vulnerable and just allowing us to to look into that part of our life so thank you karen uh if you're listening we appreciate you uh and another thing that i also appreciate is uh my winning streak when it comes you know, to i really I don't think it's necessary to bring that up. I think it is. I, Ladies and gentlemen. Do we think it's necessary? I, I think it is. I want to just think it is. So let's go ahead and just quickly uh, transition over to some trivia uh, so we can keep this uh, winning trick alive, shall we? Nora, how are we doing? I'm doing great. She's Good. doing great. I'm sitting here feeling pretty bad about myself. Why but. are you feeling bad about yourself, Alex? <laughs> Because somebody was talking about my losing streak. I mean, listen, the truth hurts sometimes, <laughs> it, Alex. It does. The truth hurts, but it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'd honestly be shocked if Jacqueline gets this one. Oh! oh we are throwing it down before we a, even start. I am offended. <laughs> I lo- I've always loved Nora, but I love her even more now. <laughs> you know, this is just, this, the disrespect. I'm calling my lawyer after this this recording. I'm done. That's fine. (laughs) She is not taking your crap. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. That's the way you want to play it. We'll get the lawyers involved then. All right. What's the question? Okay. So. I'm already upset. Look for a piece of paper. You don't get one. Why? I have to write down by 15 answers. So Karen moved here from Arizona. Uh-huh. So I want to see how familiar you are with the state. Oh, so oh. you've got a little bit of Arizona <laughs> trivia. Okay, okay. So the uh, Arizona Capitol building, the roof of it is covered in copper. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So the amount of copper on the roof of the Arizona Capitol building is equivalent to how many pennies? 
Oh, how many pennies? Oh my gosh, it's going to be some idiotic number that I'm going to come up with. But well, um, you're good with that. Well, I know <laughs> that you're That's good with. That's the problem. Okay. <sighs> I hate these. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, Alan, go ahead. All right, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna land on two million. Okay, two oh, million. I said three million. Okay. Oh. Well, it is four point eight million. Oh, I was so right. You are not even close. No. Really, I not was really. closest without going over. So if Bob oh, Barker, please. if this was the Price Is Right, I You'd would get. On down. I would come up. Jacayla Madison, come on down. <laughs> Hey, I'm just glad that I was like ba, ba, in the da, ballpark. Da, ba, da, <laughs> da, 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 oh my god. The fact that million, like and a single digit million was in my answer, I'm actually feeling pretty good. I mean, about. I thought you were gonna say billion. For... I mean, I was gonna say like either hundreds of thousands or I was gonna go billion. I I honestly <laughs> I was so... waiting for Allie. I was looking at her pen and it looked like she wrote fifteen billion. Oh. And I was like, Allie, no, this isn't the Statue of Liberty. No, thank you. Honestly, Which was copper I'm... at one point, just so we all know. Oh, and that's I why it's it green. Still yes, because it's ox- well. Sorry, pause. Okay, calm down, what? Nora. Yes, the Statue of Liberty is copper. <laughs> he just told you to calm down. I did. What she's coming at me all reckless today. Oh my gosh, she she's over here wearing a, a turtleneck and she just thinks she can do whatever she wants. No, because the Statue of Liberty is is still copper. It's made out of copper, yes. but. When we first, when it was first built, it actually looked the color of a penny. Did it really? And, yes. Oh. And then just over years of oxidization and all that fun stuff, yeah. then it turned green. Okay, I didn't realize that that's what happens when was... copper is oxidized, it turns green. Well, I knew that, but I guess I hadn't put two and two together on the Statue of Liberty. Yes, the Statue of Liberty was actually the color of a penny when that's we first got cool. it. cool. And now it's green. I love that. Yeah. yeah. See, Very there's fine. some trivia for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Except she just then handed it back to you saying it is still copper. Well, yeah. No, she was just trying to be smart. That's all. She knew what I meant. She's she knew what I meant. both of us. Just, let's just accept yeah, we don't, it. Actually, I, you know, no matter if you actually won that or not, the fact that I was in a single digit million category actually is a win for me. That's fine. Because I'm really trying to get better at my estimating well, in general. I will. I mean, not to beat a dead horse, Allie, but I you mean, did think that a, the biggest restore was the I size know. of a city block in Manhattan. Yeah. I mean. So there's <sighs> that. Yeah, I know. I thought it's it was the Taj Mahal. It's but disappointing. No, it, it's bigger than the Taj Mahal. It's disappointing. So let's just let's just understand that. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that you feel better. <laughs> you know I do. Isn't that sad? I think the Germans call that Schadenfreude. Oh, finding uh, enjoyment out of other people's discomfort. Oh, <laughs> so well, okay, we're gonna have to get that one spelled out in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <it's- laughs> Definition: Schadenfreude. It's also for you uh, theater people out there, it's a song in Avenue Q. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yep. Shot and oh, I have violated so many copyrights. Wow. <laughs> Let me stop. Can we? We will. We will. <laughs> that is where, that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we draw the line. So we thank you so much for joining us today on a, another episode of Bringing Down the House. I am Ja'Kayla Madison. She is Allie Parrish. And we look forward to, to seeing you back here again next time at the same place you found us. Take care, everyone.
Bringing Down the House would not be possible without the tremendous support of the CC Podcast. If you're looking for daily devotionals, inspiring conversations with interesting Christians, or listening to a weekly worship service, the CC Podcast is for you. Their podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org.